Right. I'm here with Jack Neely. How are you doing, Jack? Not bad. How are you, Charlie? Good. Just, just doing a little sort of catch-up thing we're going to do every now and then, talk about what's going on. Uh, I know you're quite busy yourself at the minute, Jack, with the long eating. The bank with long eating. You're wearing your tracksuit there. You're kitted out. The man in Sen. You talk, you're goalkeeper coaches now. I talked me through all that long eating. The welcoming you've had. Oh, obviously, on the last podcast, um, I'd not been to sort of long eating and met anyone. But uh, things changed. And obviously, with the guidelines, we were able to start pre-season again, which yeah. was good. Um, I think I went down about two, three Sundays ago, um, met them all for the first time, and it was you know, brilliant. Um, can't speak highly enough of them all. You know, everything, what they want to do at the club is unbelievable. Uh, I think on Saturday on Graham's podcast, the sort of show, John and Jake are on there. Um, obviously, John's the first team manager, Jake's the head coach. Um, that they'll sort of talk about what the what they're expecting from this season, yeah. but yeah, you know all the girls were a, a brilliant. Um, you obviously welcomed me with open arms. Um, sort of been able to get involved with training quite a bit, which has done my legs a bit of damage. But you know it's, it's good keeping fit doing that, and um, like you touched up on goalkeeping coach. I know he brought in. Malcolm is the head goalkeeping coach. Um, Malcolm's brilliant. You know, he's a great individual. Uh, I mean, he sort of knows how to get the best out of goalkeepers and stuff. But I think he just struggles with like crossing and kicking far. So that's where he says I can step in and help. So you know, I, I'll, I'll do my best with that. And obviously, Mill might be Mill will be a good keeper this season. She's already brilliant. But we'll yeah. we'll obviously take it to the next level yeah. so what's your conversation with the players been like because obviously when me and you we'll be honest in this podcast when me and you first joined Chelsea Women obviously it was a bit wary of us as such if you, if you could say that they wasn't very keen on the media side of things there's a few good people that was like interested in stuff and like, interviews and stuff like that what's yeah. the players been like long eating like warming to you and stuff like that yeah well when I first joined in a couple of players direct message me saying they're buzzing to have someone do the media because it was sort of the same situation as Chesterfield it was players who did it before. Um, and obviously, I just said to them, look, uh, you deserve everything you're going to be getting um, in terms of like media output, fans, players coming in and stuff. Um, so I said to them, I sort of wanted them to kind of get the recognition they all deserve. Um, and, you know, they shone to that. But in person... I mean, banter started from day one, really. And yeah. They somehow found out we're a Chesterfield fan, so that sort of was played on me for quite a bit. Um, Lauren uh, DeCasto, um, in the semi-final, I actually, uh, when they played Chesterfield, I actually spelled her name wrong So <laughs> on the tweet. So she's given me that like, every single training session. But like I said, uh, at first, um, you know, they're letting me like join in with, you know, passing drills, shooting drills and stuff. So, sort of, if I make a mistake there, then that, that sticks here for the rest of the training session. But, you know, they're all brilliant. Um, you know, I love it. Um, yeah. You know, I'll come home on the first Sunday and I would just, I was buzzing. Made my mum come to tears. How, like, brilliant I spoke yeah. in the club. And, you know, it's just brilliant to be a part of something like that. And, yeah. That's good to hear, man, because I know what, like I say, we're being honest on it. I know with Chester women, towards the end, things were a bit stale, weren't they? Let's be honest. Things were a bit stale. When I was there as well, me and you, things were very stale between things. And there was quite a few disagreements and such. And I know you've been given free reign as such with the media. And that's been a big part, big selling point for you as well. And big happiness yeah. point as well, where you've been given the... He's trusted you with the media. He knows what, what you're all about. Do you know what I mean? And you feel like confident about that? Yeah, 100%. Um, I was just going to touch on, like... I think you'll all admit that with Chesterfield women, it was sort of, the players took to, I don't want to sound like a dick, but they sort of took to me more than they did to you sort Definitely, of thing. Yeah. I know you were quite conserved and shy, yeah, yeah. whereas I was quite out there and I could make conversation sort of thing. But yeah, like I said, that was the main reason that drove us away because obviously we didn't get interviews. Um, I know... At the time, we weren't particularly good at like graphics design and obviously making stuff. But it was sort of 
that time I remember when I came to you and I'd gone on Photoshop and I'd made them like goal things and yeah. substitutions and you were like that's a sick idea but you know it, it lasted what more than a day and then obviously one of the players come in and she did all the graphics and stuff but you know being able to do everything like that at Longy and it's yeah. um, it's just it's great because no one's stepping on your toes and even if exactly. someone does they, they talk to you first about it you know I've, I've got no sort of um, you know bad word on if so there's a guy who's a massive women's fan called Adam Reaper he does a lot of um, articles and he just graphics in that and he obviously he did a couple of Q&A with our players but well, you, didn't he? He, he, you know he asked, he asked me first uh, and obviously that I've got no problem with that. He can get one of our players after the game. You know, I'm more than happy to put it out on our YouTube and social media and stuff. I've got no problem in getting help and stuff, but it's great to be able to do everything. And, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, that that Adam Adam guy, you've done a Q&A with him, haven't you? You you did a Q&A with Adam guy, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually read a little bit of it. Um, I just spoke about starting from the bottom again because that was a big thing with women where we started from the bottom in, in terms of engagement wise and that's similar yeah. to they not really had a media guy prolific as you or the commitment wise that you've put into it where they've had, they've had nobody doing it so it's the same with women that nobody chess with ladies that nobody did media before that so we started from the bottom and I think when we started it was like 500 followers and me and you got into a good I think what are they at now a thousand and something so we, we, we can have a look now but we built it that we built it that massively, and you spoke about something you've got a history of doing something like that before. I think so. so that it's exciting. Um, that it? Yeah, one one thousand five hundred followers. Wow, um, that's very good. So we've built it over a thousand followers. That's really good. So you spoke about you've, you've you've done this before, where you've built the engagement and stuff. Is that exciting? Where you're getting that challenge again, where I'm getting a fan base up like we did at Chester Women. Oh, hundred percent. Um, you know, it's, it's weird to talk like sort of how we're going to talk. And I was spoke to John because it's like, you know, we, we're multi-million pound signings for a Premier League club. But to sort of be able to, you know, whatever they're on now, I don't, I, um, I know long getting over a thousand anyway because they are a much bigger club. But um, it, it's just it's just great because if you're putting articles out and interviews and you're getting people following you just because of that, it, you know, like that's yeah. for, we'll know it's a brilliant feeling for us, and especially sort of at Chesterfield when they had that FA Cup game. All right, it was against Burton, you know, a bigger team, and they were the underdogs. But I've got to say, probably about seventy-five percent of that them fans there came because the media was out there and they knew how to no, get into the promoting game. that all week. Yeah, and you know that that was down to us, and I know it's you know we don't like to blow our own trumpet but at times we have to you know we've yeah, yeah. we got them them fans in you know they we got them you know fans every week the the fans who supported them because of that and you know there were some fans that were even overseas who would message on twitter yeah, saying yeah, yeah. supporting from wherever it were um and obviously that that was down to social media and john made a very good point he said because um, he asked if we could get stuff in the newspaper, and I said, "Well, I will try that." But then the the attacking coach Rich said, um, "You know, think even if we can't, things out there is primarily social media based these days, which is true. You know, match reports will be out there after games, and you know, there might be a like there's a Midlands women's soccer page. Um, yeah, yeah, they, I've seen that, yeah. they just retweet that. So if if it comes to that, then it comes to that." It's stuff for the players to be out there, and it's you know it's not just a full time result of long eat and beat whoever one nil and nothing, no interviews, nothing. Yeah. Um, it's just everything out there for the players, and you know they deserve it. So, and I was just touching on it, touching on this week with a meeting I had this week with a, an opportunity that's come about that I can't talk about yet, but I mean I had this week with. Um, personnel at the club where we was talking about it's not just a, me and you at first when we first joined us we thought it'd just be on a Sunday and we believe like that it's not just a Sunday yeah. job is it it's a week it's a throughout the week you're marketing the club you're keeping the club up to date and I see you you're posting stuff every day with content in regards to long eating and just keeping the page active so how important do you think that is in, in regards to just keeping a, a social media active on Facebook or, or being Twitter in regards to content being published every day yeah, well, that, well, it was sort of like at Chesterfield Women, the only content that I'd go out would be sort of 
you know, the promotion of a week, uh, you know, I think it must have been a Tuesday, Thursday and obviously a Sunday, you know, it'd be match day this weekend sort of thing. And then the only interviews we'd do would be after the game, which would go out on a Sunday. Yeah. For me, I didn't think that was enough. But obviously at the time, I think we didn't really realise that that wasn't enough. And I think, yeah. you know, at the time we was getting come, uh, um, I, can't, I don't know what the word for, we were getting praise for what we was doing already. So I think that just kind of went over our head. But yeah. at Long Eaton, um, sort of said to John, look, we have a weekly plan with him. I tell him what I'm going to put out. And it's like, when stuff goes a bit stale on the Twitter, I've got yeah. a plan on what to put out. So that's why them fact files are going out on the players. Yeah. They'll ask us a lot of It's just a little thing. You know, players might, fans might already know the players, but they might not know little fans or who they play against. Like Mill, I didn't know she played in Germany. Yeah. I knew she was German, but I didn't know she'd come from Germany, played at them clubs, sort of things. Um, so it's just a little bit of content like that. And I know at this time it is difficult to do interviews because John and the club are very strict on um, the regulations, obviously, for COVID. So, you know, we, we try to sort of not do interviews where we can, but I think it was important when we first came back for pre-season, we did do an interview because it's easier to do an interview to that extent. So yeah. it was like a six-minute interview. Um, and it was obviously a landmark because first time in pre-season back, for the players, it was it was just good for himself. Yeah, and I mean, me, me and you have spoke about that new opportunity you've got at Long Eaton and the manager and stuff. And I think one issue not to just um, drop it on Michael or the players or just not no no not no offence or pun intended here, but obviously when we would lose Chelsea women, there wasn't really an opportunity for an interview post match or reaction. <laughs> if you know what I mean, it was. Was I mean, in fairness, I did say that, but then I look back and we did have a a, a one interview with Mike New when we lost to Stockport five 0 yeah, I that one I remember. Um, and apart from that, I can't think. They didn't, to be fair, they didn't lose very many times. But when they did lose, or they did have a bad performance, the the, the onus on interviews was very limited because they didn't want to do an interview. But I know you said at um, Long Eaton that he's wanted to do interviews, win or lose, and that's obviously it's always good to do an interview when you're winning, isn't it? But mm. I think it's a different type of interview when you lose because you've got to ask those difficult questions. Of I mean, I remember at Stockport, me and you grilled him. We grilled Mike about mm. why, why he changed up the formation and stuff. Yeah. I think it's important to have those sort of interviews as well, do you know what I mean? That's why it's good for you at Long Eaton. And, and I think like for us being young as well, um, it's an experience for us to sort of go out of our comfort zone sort of thing. You know, If we can master difficult interviews um, at a young age, then we, you know, we're obviously destined for greatness sort of thing. And, um, I've got a feeling, you know, John's, like I said, John said he'll do interviews when, when they lose, and I think when when John does lose, Touchwood don't many times, but if they do, I've got a feeling I'll be in a difficult position and it'll, it'll test my skills, yeah. uh, which I'm obviously open to. Um, but obviously, like you said at Chesterfield, that's not something we sort of, you know, we're, we were Didn't accomplished. Have, yeah. yeah. Um, that, maybe that was because they didn't lose many times, you know, and maybe it was just. Mike didn't like doing interviews, but you've got to take the rough with the smooth, and you've got to do you've got to do interviews no matter what. If you lose eight nil on a Tuesday night, the longest travelling games in Wales, you've got to do that interview. You can't yeah. stay away from not doing it. Yeah, um, and obviously we're going to do it. So obviously you, you left you left Chess for Women in January, right? So yeah. obviously since then there's not been much media coverage. Obviously John was doing interviews when we left, when you left as well. It was we were taking off them in a. Um, yeah. I know I left in college, so just before college, I would say about August I left, and we were taken off him at that point, and you wasn't really put back on him at any point, really, was you? And he was, you, no. was, you interviewed John a couple of times, that's John, it's not actually a, a personnel, so obviously that was, that was a big hit, but what do you think is going on with um, the Chesterfield women now in regards to like, media and stuff? Because obviously, John did interviews, uh, but he couldn't really do anything else. Yeah, um, that, that's something... You know, I don't want to say I like, look at him quite a bit, but, you know, I look at him on the education, but, but that's something I'm not really seeing from the club, and there's not been really much tweets. I know they did <laughs> the end of season reviews, but that, that was put out by, you know, Leone and the players. Um, so whether or not they haven't brought anyone into the media, I don't know. Um, 
And because I know there's just been a couple of names shouted around out of doing it. Like me I know and, me and you mentioned Ollie Bacon at some point because of those Irish Times interviews. We wasn't sure. Yeah. About that one. So there was obviously there was someone um, doing the Derbyshire Times interview for the new coach that that came, um, and then you know someone commented it's a great appointment for us at this level, um, and that's someone we know a journalism in, a journalist in the area. So. I, <laughs> so honestly, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know what's happening, but you, you, you hit you hit the nail on the head when you said about interviews. That that was sort of our main. Um, That's a bit. Thing yeah, yeah. And I think at the time it was difficult for more difficult for me to leave because the relationships they had with some of the players. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think at the time you was working quite a bit, and I think you, you sort of you, and you, you you know you didn't feel the same way as you did when we first started you know it weren't a Sunday you'd wait like, I think that's what I said to you. you we used to wake up on a Sunday excited for it but I think it got to the point where we'd wake up on a Sunday and we'd think oh bloody hell we've got, we've got yeah, to yeah. do them and I think at that point that's when you know to, to yeah. cut it and I think um, when, when you left obviously I, I know there was talks that you, we, I wanted, you wanted me to come with you but I think, you know, when we actually sat down and spoke, you knew yeah, yeah. I was enjoyed it. And I think when that played on my mind a bit throughout the, the time I was there, you know, it was only the right decision. We, we came in together and we'd leave together. So that's obviously why yeah. I leave in the end. Yeah, I get that. I know. So, in regard, you're right in regards to that. We did wake up at the side. It was a new experience. And obviously, we've, we've talked about this has always been told a million times that you, you always wanted to be a carer and then you fell into the journalism yeah. world. But obviously, we used to wake up with excited for what we did. And then I think it, not to no disrespect to John, but when John came in and we were slowly being ta- taken off things that we were doing a good job of, it's not like we were doing a terrible job of the, the women's football or the interviews, anything like that. We were doing a great job. And I just felt like just because he had the equipment, we gave him the mm-hmm. and that felt a little bit, little bit disrespected in that regards. And I just, I just felt like watched eyes were over us every time we posted on something now. Burning eyes were on us. So, I had to do right. I took a back step and worked a lot more. And um, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really have many relationships with any of the players anyway, really. But I wasn't mm. that. Uh, I spoke to them, obviously. But obviously, you were a lot closer with a lot of them. You, were, you still keep in contact with a lot of them now. Whereas yeah. I don't. Obviously, I'm, I'm not a sociable person in regards to new people. It takes me a while to warm someone. So, in regards to that, yeah, I, I get what you stayed. Obviously, at first, I was a bit disappointed that you didn't come with me but we already went like you said we had a chat and we discussed it and it's right you had the you had relationships with the players it wasn't just a thing where you could ease, I could have ease, I found it easy to leave you know it was an opportunity I didn't want to leave yeah. I found it easy to leave because obviously I had no relationships really with anybody there obviously I liked Joanne and um, Gemma was nice I liked Gemma she was nice uh, yeah. was nice. It was, it was nice but I never had a relationship with many of them really in, in regards to that so I get it, but yeah, like you said, our things are on the up. I'm happy to get back into women's football. Uh, obviously, things will be announced that in the future, oh. in the next yeah. week though. But um, I'm happy to be back into it. I know you've been, you've not really left it as such, have you? I've been out of practice for it. So, in regards to that, what advice you give me getting back into it? Because obviously, I've been out of it for a good eight months. Well, uh, I think that'll be an announcement that you'll make in the next couple of weeks. Uh, all, all I say is, me and Charlie will be crossing paths in the near future in the women's football game. So people make about what you will. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, advice for you, I think, I think when, what, like yourself, you, you, you know, you, you, you set up your spy media and stuff. So I think for you, it, it'll be natural in terms of, you know, your interviewing skills, your match reporting and stuff. But I think, my main advice to you would be try and get a relationship with the players and try and get in there from the first training session. You know, don't I wouldn't say go out there and you know, but try and be funny and you know, just be polite with the players. You know, maybe this is what I did when I first came in. I um, <clears throat> some of the new signings John brought in. I I I messaged them first saying, you know, welcome to. Longer year now. I'm a new person here, etc. Um, would you like to do an interview? And then I interviewed a couple of the players. We, uh, we took about five ten minutes after the interview just to sort of speak and you know from there it sort of made it less awkward when I came into the club. And you know, obviously you get the players who you, you know 
the you get the yeah. hello, how are you sort of thing. You, 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 there's some players who keep themselves to themselves, which yeah. I respect. You know, you're going to get that everywhere. But then, then you've got the players who, you know, like your Lauren who butchers me for being a Chesterfield fan or spelling the name wrong. And that, that's what you need. That. Yeah. For me, I love that because then you, you know you're accepted in the club. And I know even the nice little comments you get, like, thank you for doing it and, you know, stuff like that. It's just nice to hear. So, um, but I say, just try and get good relations with ships with the players and you know you'll be raring and stacking out definitely and it's been an interesting one the last couple of weeks the last couple of weeks I've been a lot of a couple of shit has come my way and I, I've, I've been surprised to be honest with you because I'll be honest I fell out of love with football for, for I've been fell out of love with it for a while now like, I go to chess for games and stuff but I just fell out with love with it I just don't, I don't like how the game's going and that was a common topic on the radio show today as well. I just don't like how, how it's changing in regards to rules and obviously the plight of Chesterfield that's really like uh, dump got me down as well in regards to football and not really made me lose interest so I've focused a lot on MMA and I feel like I went to the top of football with Gary Neville for my age and I went straight back down again it's hard yeah. to top that I feel like it was a good thing to happen like but mm. at, the, at the same time it wasn't because like, it can't be topped everyone expects yeah. that sort of interview every sort of time it's, it's it um, like that. I, I know we spoke to Sam obviously <laughs> Sam at college used to Wind you up, wind us up saying, did, did you know Charlie interviewed Gary Neville? Oh, no, I didn't know. But um, <laughs> he always used to, he, what he said is, and I think it's true, is you did that at a young level, and I think you even admitted it. It's very hard to obviously do that and even come to sort of that level. Yeah, maybe yeah. That level. Because I know when you, you did John Sheridan and stuff, but when you compare John Sheridan and Gary Neville. I actually have interviewed John Sheridan. Oh, well. Uh, Never interviewed Mark, him. Oh, we love Martin Allen. He sort yeah. of made us. Martin Allen and Gary Neville. That that sort of comparing, you know, Real Madrid to Mansfield. It's sort of it's hard to top it. And I think you could say you peaked too early, sort of thing. Um, but you're still young, and you're still obviously you, you might get. No doubt you will. You'll get the future, some, yeah, yeah, you, you you'll get someone better or Gary Neville's quality. So. I mean, it's hard no. also. It's hard not to get a big head over that. Do you know what I mean? At the first, I'll be honest. I was walking around like the big. I am big fat. Yeah. Like I've done this, I've done that. Putting it as my every profile picture on every social media interview. Yeah. So I obviously got uh, level headed about that eventually. But that's what I like at MMA is covering the amateur scene in Chesterfield. There's so many fighters in Chesterfield. So many humble people where mm. it's different because I'm because I, I, I'm know what more. I know more about MMA than I do football. And it sounds weird, but I'm, you'll you'll know anyway. So we talk all the, way, all the time about MMA and stuff. But yeah. I can have conversation with fighters because I'm I'm talking about their fights. And it's interesting, so that's where I'm really I've really I found something good there in MMA in Chesterfield, where I feel like I get I know a lot of the fighters. I'm like Teddy Stringer. I've interviewed him three or four times, and well, we have good conversation on and off camera. So um, mm. yeah, I'm enjoying that. But I'm also looking forward to get back into football because although we, I've not been interested in the last few months, but it's a big avenue to go down in the journey as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think like you said about MMA and football is. With football, it's going to sound weird, but sometimes it is quite repetitive. Um, yeah. You know, you, you pre-match interview, you've either won, lost or drawn. And, you know, it's pretty much the same talking point in all of them games. Oh, you, oh Martin, you scored three goal stakes. You must be delighted with that, someone's performance. But with MMA, there's so much to talk about. Like if, you know, Teddy, for example gets better at his kicking in one fight, that's going to be a massive talking point. Massive, you, yeah. you don't talk about his training camp. Why does he? Why did he think kicking was the best way for that fight sort of thing? And, you know, it, there's a lot of things you can talk about. And I think for you, it's natural because you know a lot about MMA. You do it yourself. You've done it for so many years. You know, an interview, you're not going to be nervous about because you know what you're going to be able to talk about. So, yeah. you know, and, um, but obviously... You, yet to announce what's coming up. Obviously, I know. Um, but it's going to be good for yourself to get back out there in the football world. And, you know, I think with with what you're going to do, you'll you'll know if women's football and obviously football is journalism is the way for you. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I, You actually opened my eyes, Sax. At first, I was all sitting. I was going to Derby College. My eyes were like this. Derby College, football journalism. And when you yeah. had that big ball move to Northampton Multimedia going away to there, of a uni, we didn't even talk about it, really, Northampton. It was an unknown quantity, really. We didn't really discuss it. And it opened my eyes when you said it's about um, some, one guy's got sport, 
on guys what media, the multimedia, the picking the multimedia guy every time. And I just thought that like, I had to get branch out. And obviously, I'm a big fan of MMA. It just made sense. And and then now I feel like I've more I've got more options than just football. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be too yeah. if I didn't get a football. I'd be more happy to get into boxing or major. And I feel like it's a lot yeah. easier to get into because everyone wants to be a sport, football journalist these days, don't they? And I feel like when you're you in the women's game, is nobody's really nobody's really looking at the women at the minute. People are, but like nobody's like everyone's focused on the men's side. And, mm. and really, there's there's so many big avenues over the women's side. Like in in your league, there's some big teams in your league, you know what I mean? And in the one I'm in, the same as that. And you're going to be coming up against big teams and playing at stadiums yeah. like that, where the experience is invaluable, isn't it? Yeah, obviously, talking about Northampton and multimedia journalism, doing, like Sam said, Sam is the one who opened my eyes to it. He said, obviously, someone's got sports, someone's got multimedia. They're going to take someone who can do different avenues. And it's weird because I watch films where these investigative journalists, journalists yeah. you know, and you know, this, I think Halloween and Woman in Black, where Daniel Radcliffe goes to an abandoned house in the middle of nowhere and it's haunted, and he has to investigate all the murders in the house. And I've, I've talked to stuff like that. Like I think, yeah, obviously I like sport and stuff, but when when something like that comes up, it makes my clogs twist, and I yeah. think I could actually do something like that. You know, obviously, I, you know, I, I like my scary stuff, and I, you know, it won't it, it won't be a bad thing if. That that's something I could go down, but um, it is important to get more experience. And obviously, you've got the experience now in MMA, football, <laughs> women's game. Um, you don't want to say it's different to the men's, but it, it is in in different aspects. Um, but it's just all experience for us. And, it, and the thing we've got good for us is we've done it and started at a very young age. Um, yeah, that's, that's not a lot. So. Like I see these tweets about you know Northampton Uni retweet students, and I, you know I, I have a little ten fifteen minutes look at the profile, and they've only really started that at university. Yeah. They've got no real backlog about it and stuff, and that's where we sort of relish in that. Yeah, I thought we start because we started so young. We got so much experience on that. I've been teaching that like, other people. Like, me and you've been like. At first, it was me teaching, helping you out with stuff like that. And then, obviously, gradually, we've been doing it to each other and stuff like that. And I feel like in the future, we, I can actually see myself going into a role like Sam does, you know. Because mm. I, I find it so easy to teach it. Cause it's, it's such, it's not, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's just because we're doing it so long. We're just like, it's about a good three years now we've been doing it. And we, yeah. just, we just know what to do. Do you know what I mean? There's like, not really an aspect we don't know. But as you said in the uh, investigative journalism thing, I had a similar situation with the Madeleine McCann thing come up. A while ago, I found bits and bobs, and I was in contact with a uh, investigative journalist. Got a show on Netflix, Mark Williams Thomas, and he uh, discovered the things about Jimmy Savile. He's the one who exposed him. We thought I was well, talking. I talked to him about it, and it's such an interesting avenue. Like, I know you said about it. It's such an interesting avenue to go into, and maybe I could do this because I was so intrigued. Some of the things he was saying, and especially the Madeline McCann case. That's a case that I've took a lot of interest in over the last few years. I'm not sure about yourself, but that's. That is definitely a route to go down as well. That's what, that's what I love about journalism. There's no there's no limit to what you can do. Do you know what I mean? You can do anything. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And obviously, like you said, you, you took to Madeline McCann case, and I don't want to sound dark or sick, but I sort of take to you know like family murders case and, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And it's like you go into the mind of the people who did it and sort of the houses that it happened in, and you're like, how can someone actually be? capable of doing something like that and you, you the mind is a very very dark place and you know you could walk down the street and you, you, someone's plotting that thing and i read a i read a fun tweet actually the other day and it said if, if you go out on average you walk you walk past seven psychopaths a day really that, wow. and that is um and it's like 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 i said the mind is just makes you a think, massive, massive hole in it and it, that that's something I liked. And obviously, I watched this thing on Netflix called Cold Case Files, which um, is based on obviously a cold cases where they cannot never solve what actually happened. Um, and I think it's one percent of files in America are actually cold wow, case man. files. And th these go, these people go past it in about thirty years and go back to it, and they actually solve it. And it's just. You know, you, it, weirdly, because when you're watching it, you think, how did he not catch him after seeing that? And 
it's just crazy, but obviously time back then and now, you've got more resources now and it's a lot easier to sort of catch things. But, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't mind doing something like that. But at the same time, I think my head is in sport and things like that. But yeah. I'm open to different avenues and we'll just see what yeah. happens in the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm similar to you. I'm, I'm open to dip my uh, toes in a few pies as such when it comes to girls on the different, different areas. I don't want to just stick your sport for the whole of my career because I know I'll get bored of it eventually. I want to just dip my, dip my toes in each bit. Just see what, just see what I like. You, could, you can be we all set on one thing and then one thing can just completely change your mind. But just a quick question on uh, Northampton. Are you doing the NCTJ there? Yeah. It is in, it is in with it, yeah. 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 So was there any consideration about going to Sheffield College for the extra year there or? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think like with the Sheffield, because I obviously did a year at Chesterfield doing health and social. Like to, at the start, I always wanted to be a children's nurse. So I didn't think anything about that. So with the NCTJ, I, I would have had to pay for it. Um, yeah. So it sort of, for that six months, that that price of that would be the same as a year at university. University, so yeah, sort of easier for me to obviously go to university and do that stuff. Because I've got three options in mind when it comes to university. So I'll, at first, I was all set on going to Darwin. So that's pretty much out of the equation now. I'm not. I'm going to go there. But um, basically, stand up my eyes. It's the NCTJ is free to me. So. And it's only a short course as well, but there's a lot of work involved in it, like, like there's anything. But my thing, there's three options. So the first option is NCTJ, and then prepare to go to American University. So I spoke to Nick, Nick Beale about it. Uh, so I didn't know, we didn't know the availability, so I looked into it as such. But he said that he's done, he's done it for stu students in the past, and they've got into them, American universities. And that's always been an aspiration of mine, to go over there and do a bit of journalism. So that's an option, if we can get it done. But I need to look at the grades and stuff like that first. The second option would be go to a Northampton multimedia, do what you're doing. Mm. Well, the third option would be um, do the NCTJ at Sheffield and go to a big, big university here, such or say a Cambridge or a uh, Leeds or some, something like that. But I definitely, yeah. want, I definitely want to go to Sheffield University. I, I want to get out my area. I don't, I don't know if that's what you're thinking as well. I want to be. That, I want that to leave was, home that yeah. I just feel like leaving yeah. home is going to give me some more individual capabilities and just, just, mm. just. Just to become a new person myself, you know what I mean? Not, not rely on other people. Yeah. I think it betters you as an individual as well. If you can go out there and, you know, you get, I, I'm, I'm in a very grateful situation because I, I've met some of the people I'm going to university with. We're in a big group chat and we speak every day. So, you know, I'm in a grateful situation that I'm actually in that position that I go to university and I've met people already and I'm not going to go there and worry about meeting friends and stuff. But, some people are going to have that. They're going to go to university and it's going to be new to everyone. And if you can do that and conquer that and meet people and, you know, be able to live on your own or I'm going to live with eight other people. But if you can actually do that, then it's going to better you as an individual. Yeah. It, weirdly, it's going to um, do your sort of survival and living skills as well. So, yeah. yeah. Can, you, can you cook in that? Can you, are, you, are you quite a good cook? Or? Uh, yeah. yeah. I can't cook for crap, so... Yeah. I said to my mum, I live on pasta and pot noodles every day. <laughs> pot noodles. Yeah, <laughs> I probably do the same sort of thing. Then I realise you can't have takeaway every night as much as you no. want to. You can't go to foods every day. But just on yeah. that, I know we spoke on the last podcast sort of thing we did, where obviously it's going to be a sad goodbye. You're not going to see your Sheffield College mates again now, probably for a while. Yeah. In all honesty, what's been some of the last conversations you've had with them, and just some of the just some of the memories you've had at college? You want to go over them if you want. Yeah. Um... Well, the boys I speak to, um, Lewis, Matt, and Ben, pretty much every day. I go on Xbox with Ben quite a bit. Um, um, Lewis, <laughs> me and Lewis just we, we'll probably we'll I think we'll stay mates with everyone. But me and Lewis, we you know we, we like that. Uh, we we you know we we just we're just good mates. That like I said, we still go to I still come here and go out in Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of memories, um, for me, the, beast, the the main memory for me was obviously driving them to college and obviously taking them home and just yeah. the music we'd have on in the car and we'd have some real like cringy like Taylor Swift or take that or something on and you know you, you take a moment and it's like an out of body experience like you take a moment and you look around and you're all laughing with each other and 
it's just like, you know, I've really got it good. And when you really think about it, it actually makes you quite emotional because yeah. you, you meet them people and you don't realise like, how they're going to influence your life down the line. Um, that we're going to be mates for the rest of our lives. And um, that, that for me, that was just the, the biggest memories, um, sort of just driving, having the music on. And yeah, yeah. we're not obviously not going to have that anymore, but. Um, Obviously, you'll probably meet up in the future and stuff, and you'll be doing bits and bobs, as you say, you're speaking. But did you did you ever find yourself, you know, because you've done this before before you went to Sheffield, because I was a bit similar before I went to Sheffield, but I, stopped, I toned it down a little bit. Did you ever find yourself, like, trying to teach the people that you was with as well, trying to help them out and stuff, trying to give them teaching yeah. points? And things. I was like that, and I was like, I'll let Sam do the teaching, because sometimes it can be perceived a bit disrespectful towards him, so it's easy to teach. Yeah. Did you ever find yourself doing something like that, bits like that? Yeah. First? Well, for me, it was more because of obviously what I had. Like, I was in Spire Media, Chessful yeah. Women at the time. Um, and obviously, Lewis works quite a bit with Sheffield Eagles rugby team, which is good for him. But Matt and Ben, when it comes to sort of placement and stuff, they really struggled with getting the motivation to do something. And like, I think Ben um, actually, when I look back at it, he actually had really something good. He interviewed the chairman of. I don't know if it was Sheffield FC or might have been Hallam. And I thought, for that, for a young age, chairman of that sort of football club. Yeah, yeah. Really was good. it Richard Timms? Not Richard Timms. Uh, Steve Bradford. Honestly, I cannot remember. It was one of them two clubs. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I sort of tried to get him out there. And, you know, I, I asked Matt if he wanted to do stuff with Chesterfield women. And, yeah. and obviously, at the time, it was sort of quite a travel and a commitment for him. Um, but, uh, that that's going to be the sort of thing I, I find myself helping them out with, but you know, but that was only because of what yeah. what we had. I was in that position yeah. to sort of do something, and yeah, yeah. I found myself also as well because of that chess level. I found myself because I also so I, I'll, I'll be honest with people now who listen to this. Spy me really isn't happening at the minute. It's uh, I'm taking a sort of individual. It's George and it's pretty similar. Aren't you? You're like, although we're still in it as such it's like we're taking time for ourselves in this now we've got to be selfish and think about our own careers do you know what I mean and I found myself yeah. this last year um, thinking of more more of the people that was actually in it as than myself and I before I knew it I was like I don't even I've only been in the press box once and everyone else has been in it loads and I'm like what's going off here so I I changed it up and I started going in but that's why I've taken a bit of a back step from it it's just time just to focus on myself that's what I started doing with college as well I started like taking them to the press box and stuff and it's like what am I doing? I'm sitting in the stand, I'm not even doing the journalism what I should be doing. So, yeah. I thought I was doing that, but like you say, you, you, you do it, and for them, it's mini, it's like good achievements like that for Hallam, but it's satisfying to see your mates doing well, stuff mm. like that. So, it, it's it's always good at college, but we'll, we'll move on from that and we'll uh, talk a little bit about MMA because obviously, me and you always text your different beds yeah. and stuff. Shall we put this yeah. on? Shall we put that on? Um, what are your thoughts on the upcoming event on Saturday? <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm honestly buzzing. Uh, um... Yeah, yeah been uh, stepped up big time, hasn't he? I'm absolutely it, delighted. It seems surreal, mate. Like, I, I, honestly, I, I can't just. I'm so yeah. excited, mate. I was like, that, that, that montage video that Dana White put out. Isn't it? <laughs> honestly, I showed my dad, and even he were like, he were even like, he were up ready. I think he wanted to jump at ring as well. Like, Jesus, I was like, but yeah, I. I'm no doubt we'll probably ring him. We'll stick on a couple of bets for that, but I honestly can't wait for that. Um, it's going to be unbelievable. Um, just the, the, the cards they have been pulling out. He has been absolutely smashing it. Yeah. The fights he's been putting on. I mean, he put the odd, the odd dodgy card on, but apart from that, the card he's been putting on has been unreal. Like, I just can't wait for every single fight on the fight. It, it's yeah. unreal as well. Like, gonna, there's going to be some serious money made at this time, I reckon. I know we always say that, like, oh, we'll make money this for this week. We've been close yeah. a few times. We've been very unlucky, at, I would say, with some of the bets we put on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you always say, you, you you always do it with whatever you do. Like, trust me, trust me, put it down. <laughs> he puts it on, doesn't even come close. He's like, yeah, first round knockout, just to decision. Like, but it was weird, like, obviously... But the thing is, when you actually say something and they don't put it on, it comes through. So you said Poirier yeah. win by a decision. And I think that was 8-1 to one at the time for him to win by a decision. Yes, I didn't do it. Five on that, you know, you met, you met money. And obviously at the time, it was like, nah, someone's going to get knocked out in that. But yeah. 
Yeah, it, it sort of. I think it's with everything. Like on Twitter, I see like forty accumulators, and they put like an eighty to one, you know, bet that they've made, and it's yeah. like well bet to score, Lacazette to get booked or something like that. And I'm like, that'll never come in. Comes in off, uh, you know, an hour and a half yeah. late, and you're like, why do I not do that? But because um, they put it so you know, high, they make it like it's unbelievable, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what I think about it. I don't know what I'm going to put on this weekend. Like I said. Um, my student account set up and I've got quite a hefty overdraft in that. So, but, yeah, I can't... Steady on, steady on. <laughs> steady on. But, yeah, there's some interesting fights to put on. Like, I think me and you, I know we do, we're the kindest here. We're, we're, more, we're more fun betters, you know what I mean? We put, like, a lot of five like, accumulators on and stuff and yeah. the returns from them, if they ever come in, they'll be massive. So, I feel like if we, the money we have lost, we're doing it back loads straight away if we run some of these accumulators. But, um, for me, I'd be looking, I'm looking to put on a uh, accumulator for all four cards. So like, right. so like, say, Joseph Benavides to win. You got Masvidal to win. Dawson to win. That uh, Qatar to win. Um, until until to win, yeah. So, and if you put the more you put on the confident fight, I feel like the more the more returns you're gonna get as well. Mm. Yeah, that's that's hundred percent. I think like when I sent that accumulator for this card, I like backed all the favourites. Yeah. Um, but sort of when you said I go down the fighters, I trust. Yeah. If you do that, that's when sort of you can open your eyes and a bit more money comes yeah. out. So if I put a fighters I trust on the card on Saturday, yeah, you know, we'd go up like massively have to win. I, I still think Max Holloway won't win, but Volkanovski will beat him. And yeah, it was pretty dominant the first fight. I don't think. Yeah, you know, I've got a feeling. Either. Got a feeling like Aldo could maybe knock out. Same, yeah. Okay. Um, Jan I think the Aldo fight, I think it'll be very competitive early and I think Jan will fade, proper um, piece him up towards then. I think Aldo will fade. He tends to yeah. fade towards and That's the only weakness we've really seen in the early days of Aldo. I think in the Holloway fight, I think you'll see a similar sort of fight. I could actually see uh, Volkanovski knocking him out. Right. Uh, <laughs> maybe not a knockout, but a TKO, I definitely could see. Yeah. I just feel like yeah. he's really pissed off that the respect he's been given. I think he wants to prove mm. a point. And I think with the first fight, the last fight, I mean, me, me and you... You think Madal's going to win, don't you? Well, I mean, I want him to. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. he will. I've got, that's, that's what I'm like. I'm like the fight I want to win and the fight I think I'll win. The fight I do want to win is Masvidal. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think he could win, but Usman's on a different level at the minute. Like, and I, feel, I could actually just see Usman standing with him and knocking him out on the feet. <laughs> Usman's a big guy. Like, a big, big guy. I think you're going to see that when he gets in the cage with Masvidal, how big he actually is compared to Masvidal. Mm. But Masvidal's been training like isn't everyone thinks she's been come off the couch. She's been training with wrestlers for like a good two months. So mm. we'll see what it's like. It's how I see it playing out. First two rounds is Masvidal's um, best chances. I feel like I feel like Usman just get, gets better as the fight goes on. Have you seen the Colby Covington fight? I feel is like it, is it, is it, is it, has Usman been like rock before? He was rocked a couple of times against Colby, but not massively. Like he, he gets a bit flustered. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think, no, not really before that. Like, he doesn't like getting hit, obviously. No one likes getting hit. You can tell he doesn't like getting hit, but he's been standing his last few bouts. He's been actually standing with his opponents. So I could actually see him just standing and slinging it with him. He outstrikes Woodley, in fairness. You would if they're just standing there in the middle going at it. And Masvidal catches him. I tell you what, there should be a bet on there of Masvidal throwing, throwing something right stupid early on. Just like a jumping kick or something like that. No, yeah, well, first 10 seconds. With that knee, exactly. He faked it in the third fight when he has he faked throwing the flying knee. Yeah. And in the first fight he, against Till, he threw that jumping kick to his groin area, took him out oh. there, and then it's took Ben Askren's soul. Took Ben Askren's soul. Oh, what about that? That will call him. Yeah. Um. But, so, give me a final prediction on that one. I know it's a tough one to call. Um. Well, I know. He's a massive. I was only been knocked. Well, KO'd in early on in his career, hasn't he? But while he's in MMA, he hasn't. So, what well, I don't know if he's ever, he's not really come up against one like Usman with his power and stuff. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna go Masvidal second round TKO. All right, I'm gonna go with. I say what what I, what I'm gonna bet and what I'm gonna say is different. I'm going for Masvidal. Uh, Masvidal KO first round. Yeah. I think he's going to come out of the gate swinging. I think he's going to come out there and take his head off. 
I think he's going to come out there and hurt him. He doesn't like him. What I'm going to bet is completely different. £100 on Masvidal to win it. I'll swing towards an Usman decision on betting. Just, just about MMA and boxing. Obviously, you, 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 there was talks of you doing a boxing match. Yeah. Like, early, early on the year. Where are you with that? Because I know when we last spoke, you said it, it could happen, but you're not sure yet. Well, obviously, it wouldn't have happened because of this situation. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason it maybe wouldn't have happened if it was still on is because sort of the trainers there were sort of quite two-faced and quite... Um, At ultra. Think, pardon? At ultra boxing. Yeah, well, white-collar boxing, whatever it were, yeah. Um, because, obviously, I was training quite a lot with you and at home, you know, you, you obviously Martin had told you, I was doing quite a lot with punching back in the garden. I was doing quite a lot of running and stuff. Um, and it was sort of, I, I, at the time I was at college as well and when they trained it was obviously I'd have had to go straight out of college to there and I said look I am doing it at home I've got a trainer with me and stuff and he was like yeah yeah that's fine but then it was sort of Jordan and always be like saying to you that they've said you know he's not turned up again and it's stuff and I was like why would they say that when to me on messenger when I've rung them they'd be like yeah yeah it's fine and that was like pretty much every single trainer there so I don't know but Doing yeah. quite a lot. Of, I know it's maybe lockdown and boring, but I'm still on the punch bag in the garden and doing stuff like that. And I feel, but myself, I feel really, really physically fit. I feel like in a minute, if someone said, Do you want to go into a ring tomorrow? I think I'd be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's what I'm at with you. I feel like you need to um, work on your movement a little bit more. To, I'm, I'm not sure. Cause when we was last working, it was a bit stiff on the feet, weren't you? A bit yeah. I mean, you can, you've got very good punches on you. It's just your movement gets you out of the way of things. And I was a bit yeah. disappointed when obviously it didn't it didn't happen. We, we didn't materialise that ultra boxing thing. But I just wanted mm. to mention you mentioned his name. Um, personal things aside, professionally, he's already said one fight he lost. Jordan, would you like that fight professionally? Well, I've said to you all the time, like I'm happily, I wouldn't mind like sparring him and stuff. But if we went to a white collar boxing. Uh, the chances of me fighting, getting Jordan for that fight are very unlikely. Like, I know he's yeah. he is taller than me and stuff, and obviously age, they, they will put that into it. But I said to you, I'm, and I've said to anyone, I will spar like anyone if I'm fighting towards something, yeah. put me in a ring with whoever and I'll do it. You know, at the end of the day, it's experience for me. Yeah. And, you know, you're going you're gonna to learn different people's styles, you know. Let's, for example, say Jordan. Might not have knockout power, but you find me, get, you put me in a ring with someone who's done white-colour boxing, you know, he's maybe a 40-year-old old bloke, yeah. knockout power in every single, maybe in his jab. He, I'm going to learn to be able to take a punch. One thing you said it to me is, you, you're surprised how I could take a punch. You know, you hit me with some really good... Yeah, you've got, a good, you've got a toughness in there. Yeah, you didn't like fluster. Didn't fluster. You know, it was sort of the body shots, and I think the the ass, the, obviously the asthma and yeah, the, very good body shots. Yeah. My cardio was bad then, so that's obviously maybe sort of, on, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, you're happy to have that fight with him at some point if, yeah. if presented to you. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. I think it'd be a good one. Just that's for Chesterfield as well. So, all honesty, before you go to uni, can you see you having a boxing fight? Before university, I wouldn't say so because uh, I don't know what sort of their things are. But like I said to you, university do do um, stuff for amateur boxing. And I know they do, uh, obviously, at Sheffield University versus the other university when they do them two unis thing. There is a, I don't know if it's Coventry or Milton Keynes that yeah. they would do a fight between. So who knows, I might step up to that. and. Um, fight on the biggest stage with that because I know they do perform uh, in some good venues with obviously, that, so. obviously there's going to be some gyms around that area as well of course there's going to be boxing yeah, gyms the, the gym at um, university yeah, I know it's similar to the one we do at Chesterfield is it? the gym at university that's brilliant that's a really good that's a really good tool for you to use and like I said um, I think when I go to university I, I think honestly I think I'll be don't want to bring myself up, but I think I will be a different animal. Um, I it's think, ready. in terms of fitness and going, I'm going to be a fitness fanatic. I think 
but you know when, when when you come up for a fight or I come back down, I think you know my arms aren't going to be the sort of stick my arm anymore or my legs. I think I'm going to shock quite a few people. Get in shape, yeah. I am going to really try and knuckle down and get into shape, uh, and I think. I think, you know, I say this to my mum at home, I'm saying go out and get me these things and stuff. But I think in a home environment, I think it's difficult because it is quite difficult to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It sounds, it is like. But I think with university, I've got an early lecture. I'm going to get up, go to the lecture, smash that. And you can head straight to the boxing gym. Yeah, exactly. That's, I think that's the luxury of it. It's not like I've got to drive in the car 20 minutes. It's like a four or five minute walk, maybe not even that. Yeah. It's literally in a touching distance for me. So, and then it's just down to me then. Um, I think, but I promise you, um, I, I said to my family, I think by the time I, time I come back or Christmas time, I think I'll have you know, shot quite a few people. Yeah, I mean, I, I over this lockdown period, I took the chance not to work on any abs or anything like that, or muscles, any muscle mass was that. I just worked on the cardiovascular system, so yeah. running back, and back, as you've seen through Strava and stuff, I've done quite a bit of that. Uh, for where I'm at with it all is, uh, I'm not sure if I'll get a fight in before I go to university. It won't be boxing, it will be MMA. Um, I'm not too sure, in fairness. Uh, I know I'm nowhere near ready now, um, but I hope to think that, Next year, I should be in near a spot where I'm thinking about it. If not, there'll be gyms down where I'm going, so I'll look at it like that. But I think I think you're definitely stepping there at some point. Even if it's this year or next year, you'll be in there at some point. And yeah, same, same with me and that's good. I should yeah. do it. I should do it at one point. But yeah, we'll conclude this anyway, Jack. Um, very good, very good to talk to you again. We'll uh, do a bit of a catch-up again in a couple of weeks and we'll uh, discuss what's been going on. I should be able to reveal what's next. I can't remember... I'm also working with Clay Cross a little bit as well. Uh, got a few of the Spire Media members doing that as well. Like myself. Um, but yeah, the, the big, big news will be out in the next coming weeks. So keep your eyes peeled for social media. And also, anything you want to promote for Jack coming for you next? Boom. No, can't, we can't think. Just obviously content I put out with Long Eating and interviews and articles. Just give them a read and retweet and yeah. You'll be doing your thing. You'll be doing your thing across social media and everywhere with your journalism stuff. So keep it, keep your eyes peeled for Jack as well, as well as me. Jack Dooley on Twitter. Jack Dooley one on Twitter, isn't it? It is. It and, is. Uh, one inspire for me, and obviously we've got our Facebook accounts as well. So uh, check us out on there. So yeah, that's been the podcast. Uh, thank you, you guys, for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you.